0: Welcome to this next videocast and podcast on Raising Leaders. We are now in session five, and uh, the topic is Passion for Discipleship. And uh, in the Vision Handbook, uh, session five actually is chapter four, and also in the textbook for this training, People with a Passion, it is here as well in this book, chapter five. Okay, so that's uh, where you will find the material. I think as we are now one third of the way through uh, this teaching series, it's good to do a little recap. Now, I'm not going to recap on all of the teaching, but I'm going to recap on where you need to be if you are truly in training for leadership. This uh, teaching is on the vision part of the cell vision, and uh, but it's it's not just listening to this kind of teaching or preaching or reading any of the materials that I have uh, prepared for you. It's about doing the work. So let's let's go through this. As I said, textbook. People with a Passion, that's available, you can order that online or you can also get a PDF version, in, particularly when we're recording this during lockdown, it's, part, it's difficult to get hold of, but we, we, have, we can mail it to you or you can also download the PDF. Then there is these three booklets which are the training materials, the Vision Handbook, that's what I'm taking you through as I teach you and present an aspect of the vision, which is really the core values of the cell vision. Then there is the logbook, which which your mentor will take through with you to, to chart your practical progress and the development of key skills and competencies which are necessary for cell leadership. And there are places in there where your mentor will help sign you off. And then there is another booklet, which is the leadership development booklet, where there's more information. And all these booklets are quite short, and we are deliberately scaling down the communication of information to impart much more the vision and to encourage you to be practical. So you best learn by what you're doing, not by what you're hearing. All right, now you can read the books, and that's important to do so, But it's important that you start doing it, and by now, by now, your mentor should have brought you to the place where you are engaged in your own fr- um, friendship factor group. That's the friendship group of three people. Just as Jesus had Peter, James and John, you have them and they will interact with you, encourage you and you encourage them. That's a committed relationship uh, at a very personal level, spiritual relationship, not just worldly friendship or anything else, nothing to, not fleshly f- fellowship and friendship. It is spiritual friendship where you encourage one another in the things of God but also by now your mentor should have brought you to the place where you are Conducting the evangelism of three or the prayer triplets. And so what you do is with your uh, friendship group of three, you have three names, each of people that you are praying for who don't yet know Jesus, people who could be ultimately part of your cell, and you pray daily for one another and for one another's lists. That's nine people you're praying for daily uh, in your prayer triplets and you pray that they would come to christ and you do spiritual warfare and you bring them to the lord and you pray with passion and you cry out to god and also you plan how might we reach them what might we do as a cell group to reach these people is there a birthday party coming up is there some other way we can present christ in some way to them is there a hobby is there a sport is there some kind of event is there a film night with discussion is there are there questions that we can Ask and share together in small groups what are the ways of reaching them. So right now, at this point in the training, you should be actually active in doing those things. As I say, we're going information light, we're focusing on the doing, the practical and the winning, uh, outworking of this, and especially winning the lost. See, we've had a lot of experience in training cell leaders in Kensington Temple down through the years. And we've seen repeatedly people can go right the way through the training program and finish at the end, want their certificate to say, yes, I am now a cell leader, but they have no people. A leader is only a person who is being followed or has a followership. So in other words, who are you leading? So start now. It's more important that you win people to Christ right now so that in one month, two months, three months, when you've got the minimum required skills and, and understanding of cell ministry for you to actually lead them. But win them now. Don't wait. Don't wait till the end. Of what you consider to be a course because this is not just a training course this is raising leaders that's why we're emphasizing the word raising leaders not training leaders we're actually raising leaders with people who can reach out for Christ now in the teaching and presenting of the presenting 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 of the vision uh, we've been talking about a passion for Christ talking about a passion for souls and now We're talking about a passion for discipleship. Matthew 28 verses 19 to 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. Amen. Those are, in many ways, Jesus' last words. That was the mandate he passed on to the church. And to me, it's very interesting because it is about multiplication, it's about filling the earth, it's about discipling the nations. And this reminds me of the first creation. The original creation mandate, if you recall, God made humanity in his image, male and female, and he said, uh, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And that was meant in both, both a practical, physical sense of multiplication, but also a spiritual sense of as you multiply, ensure that the people that are multiplied surrender, not only fill the earth, but surrender, set in order under the glorious rulership of God and the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus' teaching here is like a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you, and this is, as it were, a new mandate or, or, or a refreshing of the original mandate, and it is put in these terms, fill the earth and multiply multiply, fill the earth, but bring people into a discipling relationship. In other words, they come to faith in Christ, but you teach them to observe everything that Jesus commanded. So we grow in the kingdom of God. Discipleship. And we have a responsibility, not just to preach the gospel, but to bring new converts into full and open expression of their relationship to Jesus Christ and to each other. We must make sure they have a good beginning. And over the course of the teaching, you'll see that that is about repenting, believing, being baptized, receiving the Holy Spirit, taking up your place, fruitful place within the body of Christ and reaching out to other people. That's what a good beginning is. A good beginning means that not only are people coming to faith in Christ, but they are personally discipled and then trained to become disciple makers of others. That is what this vision is all about and passionate followers of Jesus will care about this because Jesus said not only by this will all men know that you are my disciples but this is my father's will that you may bear much fruit and prove and demonstrate that you are my my disciples Jesus sent us out into the world as the father sent him and what did he do he won the lost And he began to disciple them and train them and release them into worldwide mission. This is the work of the church. And we don't want any fruit to be lost. I think one of the main reasons why every church should develop and adopt a a, a highly developed intentional disciple making program through the cell vision is that the fruit of our evangelism, almost all of it, is being lost and wasted. I've seen evangelism happen all over the world, and every church that has a program of evangelism, they may be very good in attracting people and preaching the gospel, but very poor on discipling them afterwards. We have failed if we have not preached the gospel, called people to faith in Christ, but then also discipled them into relationship with Jesus and one another within the discipled community called the Church of Jesus Christ. And so discipleship must be high on the agenda of every church that is serious about the Great Commission, the mission of Jesus, which is to make, to mature, to mentor, and to mobilize disciples of christ and he set this pattern this principle in motion from the very beginning that's what the principle of 12 is all about jesus focused mainly on 12 of his disciples Not all of them. He, of course, ministered to them all, but he focused on 12 and and, and said, now you go and do the same thing. Uh, Pray uh, to the Lord of the harvest that he'll raise up workers. And that is sending out the 12. And the principle of 12 is that we focus as leaders our time and attention on a smaller group of people, not trying to reach everybody all the time with your efforts of pastoring and caring and teaching and preaching and releasing. We do it in small groups so the discipleship becomes much more intentional. The proximity of you and your team who are discipling as we're discipling one another, they see your life, you see their life and this is very important as well as the work that can be done in public and from the pulpit. These small groups of leadership groups and training people uh, just as Jesus did and sending them out to go and do the same. Now, discipleship actually begins in the Gospels in that remarkable call uh, of, of Jesus when he says this, Luke chapter 9 verses 23 to 24. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and to follow me for whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it all right cross-carrying disciples of jesus i remember not very long ago when uh, some preachers from another church came and visited us and, and heard the preaching on a sunday afterwards they said what do you preach that every Sunday? I thought I'd done something wrong. I said, Well, yeah, what, 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 what are you talking about? And they said, Oh, this, this carrying your cross, this dying, that's, this telling people to come and follow Jesus, die, that's not a positive message. Well, I said, Of course, it's in my name, die, Colin die. <laughs> no, don't worry about that. No. It, and I said, This is the most positive message. They said, We would never be able to preach that in our church, people would leave. Oh, I say plenty of people leave Kensington Temple because of the, the message, but if they leave Kensington Temple because of the message of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, giving your all to Jesus, being prepared to die for him, and indeed dying daily for him, then I'm sorry for them. But this is the gospel, and this is the consequence of the gospel, the call to be, to be out and out for Christ. Oh, Colin, you can't expect everybody to be like that. You're trying to make apostles of everybody on the planet. No, no, no. The twelve apostles were unique. But the principles of the apostles in discipling and nurturing and preaching the gospel and healing the sick and, and raising the dead and discipling the communities, that is the work of the church that goes on and on discipleship is at the very heart why because it glorifies god and the fruitfulness of our lives is measured by what we've done with the call of jesus christ now this is about having a desire a desire which is overriding now i've heard a lot of preachers preach like this no wonder people get depressed listen you got to take up your cross and follow Jesus. What's the matter with you? You're a lazy Christian. You are a fleshly Christian. You should take up your cross and follow Jesus. Now, wait a bit. You might be saying, isn't that what I've just been talking about? No. That's not what Jesus said. He did not say, take up your cross and follow me what he said is if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me whoever desires to save his life will lose it so here's the point it begins with spiritual desire i said that in an earlier podcast it's about desiring christ it's Having a passion for Jesus which, is, which comes as a result of knowing that he loves you, that he died for you, he gave his all for you, you could never ever repay that debt. Don't even try. It's an insult to try and repay him for that. You cannot. But what happens is when you see what he's done for you and you see his love for you, you're overwhelmed with gratitude and all you want to do, the most logical, reasonable response is to say, here am I. And it's not just because of what he's done for you. It's because of what he can give you. You've seen something in him that you desire. And what do you desire? One word for it. What do you see in Jesus that you desire? One word for it. Is it love? maybe that comes close to it is it salvation yeah but more than that it is life when you see Jesus you desire him because of the life he has remember when Jesus began to teach very hard things like unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you can have no part in me and all the disciples left him apart from his 12 and Jesus said will you leave me also and Peter said where would we?" go only you have the words of eternal life so jesus says if you see something in me that you desire what is it we are drawn to life we're drawn to the fullness of life that he gives the richness the life that he gives. And eternal life is that salvation life we're talking about. We see life. And because we see life in him, we desire him. And because we desire him, we will break that other desire, which is the desire for our own life. Our own life. To be boss of our own life. To, to live our own life. And that word desire is a strong word. We've covered it before, and it's in the book and the manuals here. Fellow. It means a desire that is so strong, it's almost a craving. This desire is so strong, it's so intense that you will give up everything. You will deny everything else in order to pursue this one thing. We are pursuing life eternal life in christ we have it as a gift but we are entering into it more and more deeply by following jesus and in doing that we are prepared to crucify the old life to deny it to deny it and that old life is not the truth it's not our real life the new life is our is is the, the new self is our true self we crucify that old thing because we found something better, which puts us in touch with our original purpose in this planet. Strong's concordance contrasts this word "thelo," which means strong, intense, passionate, overriding desire, with another word, "bulomai," which means a kind of weaker form of wishing and wanting, somewhat uh, against our own will. And the choice is clear, passion for self or passion for Christ. If you pursue your own life, you're going to lose it. You're not going to enter into the fullness of the life that God has for you. That's for sure. In one of the points of contact here, you'll find it in the book. You need to uh, spend special attention on teaching on, on the, these two words for desire and see how it relates to you. Ask yourself, do you, are you too full of bulamai, or do you have fellow? Now then, very, moving on very quickly, we have uh, this verse. Mark 1 17. Jesus said, come follow me and I'll make you to become fishers of men. So following Christ means to be like him, following his teaching, but especially in this to become fishers of men. And to be a fisher of men means that you are raised up from the very beginning to reach out to people. Uh, and in luke's gospel chapter five just check it out uh, you might if it's still one of those uncorrected versions in the vision handbook it says luke 15 but i think it is uh, it's corrected a little later on we're talking about luke chapter five it's where peter lent jesus his boat he pushed the boat out and and, and jesus stood in his boat and preached from there what an amazing message this is uh, the amazing message is that god calls you god calls you to use what you have to be engaged in the work of jesus christ (laughs) i love it and you know the we we often think of the best place from which to preach is the pulpit yes praise god i've got a little makeshift pulpit here somebody said this pulpit rather looks as if i'm riding a bicycle i'm sorry about that it's all we had in the house in the lockdown and but anyway Standing in a pulpit. Good. And there is a place for the public official preaching of the word of God by people who are called by God to do that, perhaps as a whole life calling. But your place to preach the word is your boat. What is your boat? It's your office. It's your home. It's your street. It's your community. It's where God places you in life, in your college. In your workplace in your place of recreation put Jesus in your boat give Jesus your boat from day one uh, Jesus said come I'll make you fishers of men and this is what he did to Peter now you might say well I'm not ready for that okay discipleship is the ongoing process of helping you equipping you to do it if you recall you find at the very beginning when Jesus called his disciples to take to 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 uh uh, leave behind their nets and everything like that to follow him before that there was a miraculous catch and this miraculous catch of fish was so big that the nets began to break now at the very end of the gospel story this time not in the synoptic gospels matthew mark and luke but in the gospel of john it's a similar incident jesus tells them Throw your side, throw the net out in that direction. And they brought such a miraculous catch. But this time the nets did not break. In the beginning, they were they were washing and cleaning and preparing their nets. And the word for that is catartizo. You will find it in the manual and you'll find it in the booklet. And what that means is to mend or to prepare. And this, I think, is an indication of the Holy Spirit of the work that Jesus was doing with his disciples. He took them in a place where they were broken, where they needed mending, and he mended them and also trained them and prepared them and fully equipped them for the work of making disciples so that at the end of his ministry they were ready and all they needed was the Holy Spirit. So in this work of discipleship, not only are you being discipled and prepared and equipped to serve Jesus for the principal task of winning people to Christ, consolidating them in the faith, training them into leadership and um, sending them out into the world, or to put it another way, to make mature, mentor and mobilize disciples. And whether you are a, a surgeon, a doctor or a dentist and you're serving God in that vocation, remember that you're vocation right or your, lo- your 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 occupation where what where you are right now your occupation is the location for your true vocation and so we call people to serve jesus in this way now there's a points of discussion here uh how what do you learn uh from this these miraculous catches and uh What do you learn about how God wants to use you? So when you bring people to Christ, you tell them straight away, go and tell people. The people who just come to Christ, they have so many contacts, and we need to remember that from day one, we are saved to serve. So passion for discipleship, making disciples, that's at the heart of the cell vision. And because we do that, the fruit is not lost, course, some people will always turn away from Jesus, some will walk away, but not because we have not been there for them. And the Cell Vision gives a remarkable way for whole life discipleship, not just putting people through a discipleship course and then sending them out uh, off into the congregation. But we are all being discipled and we are all being trained to be disciple makers from the very beginning right up to the very end of our lives. As believers, ask the Holy Spirit for a passion for discipleship. Amen.